1: It's time time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt.
0: Ten, five, victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of a Star. Star. Welcome to the Love of a Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys Insider for 1053 The Fan in Dallas. Joined as always by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout, Brian Broaddus. He is now the co host of the G Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 1053 The Fan. And he is also the pre and post game co host on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. Brian, how are you doing this fine Thursday? I
1: am doing well, Robert. Thank you very much for asking. A beautiful day here in Dallas. And, uh, playing meaningful football. That's all I can ask.
0: It is meaningful football uh, because you, you've got a chance uh, to to set yourself up uh, for a potential division title or maybe even as much as the one seed. Uh, it's not likely, but it's not impossible. Uh, what we're going to be looking for this week, as we've mentioned uh, in recent days, is you're going to look for a victory over the Commanders, a uh, victory by the Giants over the Eagles, and then you're going to need the Cardinals to do you a favor and beat the 49ers. So probably not likely, but it's at the very least it's possible. Uh, you know, you, you could see it.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, the Cardinal one is not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I mean, uh, you know, they're, they're down to their, basically their fourth quarterback. They're not playing their receivers. Uh, that, that Cardinal team is an absolute mess. And, um, If we were having to cover that, that would be a painful exercise right now. But we're not covering the Cardinals, covering the Cowboys. And, yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. This is the one thing that I've been real consistent about with Philadelphia is until they win a game, you got to keep playing. you just got to keep playing. And Mike McCarthy's come out and said, hey, we're trying to win this football game. And you know what? if you actually made a coach, if you gave Mike McCarthy truth serum right now, I think he would tell you that he's happy his team is having to play a game. Uh, I, I understand rest and I understand health, and but coaches are a different breed. Yeah. They, they don't know how to handle the pullback aspect of their teams. They don't because everything is gauged on go, move, keep going, keep surviving, keep going, keep moving. And that's where I think the coaches get in a little bit of trouble. Look what's going on in Philadelphia right now. Yes, they're dealing with injuries, but they're also in a mode where they've been trying to win games. They've tried to win to clinch this thing for three weeks now, and it hasn't worked out for them. you know. And maybe Philadelphia having to play this game – to beat the Giants, to win the division and get the number one seed. And the big picture thing for them might be the best thing. It might be the best thing. Because if you're going to sit for two weeks or three weeks and rest and manage and do all that, teams have failed at doing that. That has been a very, very difficult task. So I think if you ask Mike McCarthy right now secretly, he would tell you he's happy his team, A, has a chance to win the division, and B gets to keep playing.
0: Yeah, I think that that's, that's true. And we talked a, a little bit on uh, Wednesday when we recorded about, you know, there's still positives to, to playing in this game, regardless of the the seating. Things like, you know, the, the offensive line cohesion, the the continued development of Dak and T.Y. Hilton's chemistry, Nashawn Wright getting more reps. You mentioned Damone Clark getting yeah. those reps. That, this is all stuff that can absolutely help you as you head into the playoffs. And as the Cowboys head into the playoffs, we're going to take a look uh, at a a bit of a broad question, one that's a lot more positive and another that's uh, probably a little negative and and will give you some Cowboys PTSD. But I want to lead off this first segment, Brian, by talking about reasons that you should feel optimistic about a Cowboys Super Bowl victory this year, the things that as they head into the playoffs are working really well for them and the things that really will challenge some of these other contenders here in the playoffs so for you Brian what is the the number one area of this team that you feel really good about as they head into this playoff run
1: I actually have a couple of them but the one that I really probably appreciate the most is their ability to continue to turn teams over they're finding ways maybe they're not getting off the field on third down like they once were with this pass rush they still create turnovers you know they still have that ability, and it happened at a key point in the Jacksonville game. What did they do? Curse created a key turnover to give Dallas back the ball uh, on a fumble uh, from Trevor Lawrence. Yep. You know it, when the game was on the line, what did they do? They came up with a turnover. You know, so we've seen this team find ways uh, to uh, turn the opponent over, and I think that's been something that. You know, last year it was all about their turnovers and all the talking heads or the football pundits kept telling me, you can't have back-to-back years of leading the league and getting turnovers. Can't have it. It usually it's, you have a ton of them and then it comes back to reality. I I don't think you could say that anymore about the Cowboys. They led the league in turnovers, uh, getting turnovers last year and they're the team right now. And so to me... I think that's something the pass rush or lack of is a concern, but the fact even without the pass rush, they've been able to turn people over. I think says a lot about them going forward.
0: The turnovers have been huge for them um, because they, they were in the first half of the season. I think we were talking about, well, it's a stingier defense. It's a a tighter defense than last year, uh, but they're not quite getting the turnovers that they had last season. Now it's, it's kind of reversed back a yeah. little bit. Now you're giving up some chunk plays, but you're an opportunistic defense that takes the ball away. Um, the first eleven games of the season, Brian, they had sixteen takeaways. The last five games, they have sixteen takeaways. So it See, is, yeah, that's it's amazing. it really up,
1: it's amazing. And just think of how better they would be to the plus side if they didn't have the turnovers on offense. You know, I mean, if you just were, you know, if if they they didn't have those the interceptions and and things like that so um, yeah I that's that's the stroke of positivity for me uh, when you look at this Dallas Cowboys team.
0: How do you feel about uh, something that I think is getting a lot better? Something that we it looks like we we've ironed out a little bit and something that I think you can feel confident about is. The, the communication issues between Dak and the receivers seem to have lessened than we were dealing with maybe six weeks ago, yeah. um, where it was some of this this guy goes this way and the ball is going this way, and and it seems like they're getting on the same page and reading things. But one of the things that I have felt like all along, and I've, I've referenced this quote so many times here, I've referenced it on the G-Bag Nation, I've referenced it on Sean and Arjo when I've been there, is what CeeDee Lamb told us way back in the summer which is when he said, I feel like if I'm not getting going, this offense isn't getting going. And I think that what you've seen is, I feel like what we've seen here in the second half is is playing out that the Cowboys in the playoffs will go as deep as the connection between Dak and CeeDee Lamb can take them. And if that's on and clicking, they've got a really good shot. And I think that that's the encouraging thing is right now their connection looks great. They, they, are, they are clicking on on all cylinders in a way that we haven't seen from them in the three years they've played together.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, I'd give Robert Prince some credit here for, for the development um, with these receivers. I know earlier that, you know, with the number of targets that were going to CD lamb and you were having some struggles with some of the connections, you know, you had some of the interception problems and stuff and you're right. We haven't seen that, you know, in the last several games, and but I'll give Robert Prince a lot of credit. They were they were looking for somebody to kind of pull this group together, and you know you're still waiting on Michael Gallup, and it, it, it this was a tough season for Michael Gallup. I, I think so. I think coming back from the knee injury and stuff. I think him and Britt Brown did a great job. But when you talk about C.D. Lamb, it really is. It's very much like what we saw. CD Lamb at Oklahoma, that's what we were waiting for. That's what on a lot of draft boards, I think that, uh, you know, he was the top receiver for that reason. That was the run after catch. It was CD Lamb on the move. It was CeeDee Lamb finishing routes. Um, you know, the one thing that that they've kind of figured out is don't let him be a stationary player. Make him move. Make him have to uh, to – make the defense have to adjust to where he is and I, 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 that was one of my challenges for Kellen Moore and the staff going into the season was find ways to get CeeDee Lamb the ball when he can play on the move. And that I think they've done a really nice job with. And like I said, I want to give Robert Prince some credit for maybe some, some of the influence that he might have had with Kellen Moore, Doug Nussmeier, and the other coaches.
0: I think one of the other things that you uh, have to feel positive about is not only what Tony Pollard's been able to do in the running game this year, uh, but the way in the second half of the season, he's really turned into a a dual threat um, and has had a couple really big games catching the ball. So that it's one of those things where even if he's not getting going in the running game, but there's a problem there, there's still an impact that he can have catching the ball and and challenging defenses that way. And, And he's proved to be a tough cover for them is that area right there or how much more do you think that helps the offense as they head into the playoffs and makes them a challenge to cover is, Hey, this isn't just, you know, Tony Pollard the runner, which is difficult enough for you guys to game plan for. Um, But he can catch the ball in space. He can make moves. He can make you miss. And the Cowboys are willing to take advantage of that now.
1: Why do I feel like they've wasted three years of his career, not playing? They, they, like did.
0: They, they did.
1: They really did. They really did, and and I know if you listen to this podcast or you listen to me on 105.3 The Fan, you've heard me say this before. Jerry Jones did not like my question about wasting his career. He did not like that at all. But the the realization of what we see right now is they wasted three years of his availability because you watched him come out of Memphis. You knew he could catch the football. You knew that you know but what we've learned about him is as a runner you know he, tony pollard is not a small guy we huh. all feel like that tony pollard is a light slight player he's not and you know you can hand him the ball inside now do you want to hand him the ball in every third one no you but you want to find ways to get him involved you want to find him a way to get him in space and the shame of this all is and it could be to the benefit of the cowboys at least this year but they did figure out you could use him in the passing game. When the running game isn't going for him, you can find a way to throw him the ball in the flat. You can throw him, uh, you know, if you're scrambling and, you th- you know, he's out there by himself, you throw him the ball. And what should be a four-yard play is an 18-yard play. You know, that's, that's what they figured out about Tony Pollard. And it's a shame that, that it took it took last year Zeke having to play with a bad knee in order them to like, well, we don't want to go through that again. And it once they started incorporating Tony Pollard and Tony Pollard became the four-minute back to finishing games, they became a better football team. They became a better offense. And I'm not going to – I will give the offensive coaches credit for this year, but they are three years behind what they could have done with this guy.
0: Yeah, I think that that's fair. Uh, it's good that they're taking advantage of it now, but it does definitely make you feel like that was a lot of wasted time before. But yeah, look, if they, they are able to make this click and they're able to use him as a, a big-time weapon into the playoffs and and it ultimately leads to a Super Bowl victory, obviously nobody's going to complain too much about that. The, the other aspect of this, the, the final one that I think is interesting to note um, in terms of the positive things to think about is, We've talked a lot about T.Y. Hilton, and I don't want to overreact to just two weeks, but it does feel a little bit now, Brian, like they've got the, that's your guy. If you really need to find a safety, like I trust he's going to be in the right spot, run the right depth, everything else on third and seven, that guy can be T.Y. Hilton. It really feels like he's got a chance to be that guy who can make the catch in overtime against Green Bay or run the route that you need to run against Green Bay or whoever else. I I think what T.Y. Hilton's adding here is is really huge for their prospects heading into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, This team was hunting a different type of player at receiver. And you look at what they did the last really two months of trying to recruit Odell Beckham, they knew they needed a loose play player, and – I thought maybe that would be Turpin, but it wasn't. It wasn't Turpin. They figured out well, you know and you're right where I what opened my eyes was the fourth and three play at Green Bay. I'm like, who you know they tried to get the ball to Pollard, but it wouldn't a play. it was just it was just a hope and a prayer. Now now you see ever since that TY Hilton has been on the field, they had a vision for what they needed whether that's T.Y. Hilton or Odell Beckham. It just so happened that T.Y. Hilton was the healthier of the two, and now they've got that guy. And I'm glad to see that when he is on the field, you throw the ball his direction, good things happen. We've seen that in a short body of work. T.Y. Hilton, throw him the ball, first downs happen. And I kind of feel like, though, that we're going to continue to see more of T.Y. Hilton. You know, T.Y. Hilton needs to be in all the eleven personnel stuff. You know, if they have to pull Gallup off the field on a third down just to make sure that they get a first down, by all means, do whatever you have to do to make that work. But they they found they they had a vision for what they needed. It didn't work out with Beckham. It looks like it's working out with Hilton.
0: Should T.Y. Hilton be the number two target?
1: Uh, I would say he's more reliable than what you have with Michael Gallup. Yes. I do. Uh, Every time I I throw a ball to Michael Gallup and it's incomplete, why does it look like he's fighting the ball? Why does it look like there's bad body position? And, you know, sometimes the ball isn't where it needs to be, but I think what happens with Gallup is he fights the ball, and I don't think he's the most natural catcher of the ball, but I do know that he's capable of making big plays. We saw the game where, you know, uh, was it Indianapolis where Dak was scrambling to his right and T, uh, you
0: know, Gallup was standing station. That was, that was Philly, the one in the the court, the side of the end zone. No,
1: no, I'm talking about before that. He was standing stationary in the middle of the field. Dak sprints to his right. That that's a play too. But even before that, he's standing stationary in the middle of the field, waiting for the ball. And all of a sudden, he takes off running. You know, running parallel with Dak, and Dak hits him, and then he goes into the end zone. I believe that was the Colts game. But yeah, that,
0: that's
1: that's, that that's 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 the kind of player you're capable of having. You know. I I think if you gave Dak truth serum, by the way, again, here I'm using truth serum again. Uh, but the I think that he was telling you that pass he caught in Philly was probably going to Tony Pollard in the back of the end zone. He just, the ball happened to, you know, just right there was <laughs> right there was Gallup to make the play. But Gallup, that, that's what Gallup's capable of. The not a lot of area, catch the football, get both toes down, and make a play. But right now... He he fights the ball a little bit, and T.Y. Hilton doesn't fight the ball.
0: Obviously, the route concepts matter and everything else. But uh, last question here for you. I'm just curious. I'm, I'm going to run a pretend scenario for you, Brian. Fourth and six. Okay, where we're let's say we're we're driving for a go ahead score late in the game. It's fourth and six. You're at the opponent's forty. And you've got to pick up a first down. Similar to the Detroit game. The Detroit playoff game in 2014. Same sort of scenario. You are out there in 11 personnel. Okay? It is Dalton Schultz, Lamb, Gallup, Hilton, Pollard in the backfield. Right. What is the ideal order of progression for you of those five targets?
1: I would throw the ball. I would go go, uh, Lamb first, Schultz second. T.Y. Hilton third.
0: And, and then the, whoever's the. Uh, whoever's Pollard.
1: The yeah. Pollard. Yeah, so yeah.
0: Gallup would be the last of that progression for you at this moment.
1: Yeah. He would be. Yeah.
0: And that's that's. And I don't disagree with you, but it's 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 wild to think where we've come from. You know, not that they broke the bank form, but I mean, this is a guy they just gave a five year, $62 million contract to. He,
1: and, and you know what? Next year, he might be even better. I mean, yeah. it, it, the, the there was clearly a lack of confidence when you talk to people. He, that Monday night game they had against the Giants, what was that, at week three? You know, yes. And that's when he was supposed to come back. He mentally wasn't ready to go talking to people in that about that. They, yep. that. they felt better about week four and uh, him being involved. So there was clearly early in this year a lack of confidence about that.
0: You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, uh, I got to tell you really quick uh, before we go on to anything else about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jax. I've, I've been telling you guys about him. For several weeks now, Brian and I both have. Uh, We love seeing you guys send us those photos on social media of you guys hanging out out there, uh, enjoying a cold beer, enjoying some wings or a burger or whatever else. Uh, It warms our heart, and I know it warms Boomer Jack's heart. Uh, We're glad that you guys are enjoying it as much as we do. I keep telling you guys specifically about Tuesdays and Wednesdays because Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings, Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings, but they've got great deals the rest of the week as well. Drink special starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer. And it is the coldest beer anywhere around. And it's just the perfect spot for whatever you're looking for. If you're looking for, you know, a happy hour spot for you and your coworkers, Boomer Jacks is perfect for that. If you're looking for a nice dinner spot for the family, somewhere to unwind, it's a great spot too. My kids love table side s'mores that they bring out there. If you're looking for somewhere to watch the game, Boomerjacks, man, wall-to-wall TVs. And I mean that literally, the TVs fill up the walls at Boomerjacks. You are gonna be so glad you went there. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to Boomerjacks.com. That is Boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, now we got to take it a little bit negative. I'm mm. sorry, but uh, you know, we, we gotta deal with both sides of the coin. So so what are some of the reasons for optimism that fans can feel good about the the prospects of this team making a Super Bowl run? Uh, the, there's always the, the uneasiness from this fan base about a one and done early exit from the playoffs. So Brian, as we enter this playoff, uh, run or this playoff stretch, where are the areas of this team right now that give you the most pause that say, that's a concern. These are some of the things that may kill you and may cause you to be one and done.
1: Yeah. The, the big plays, the chunk plays on defense, you know, you, we saw how quickly, Philadelphia was able to move down the field once they got the ball back in that last two minutes of that game. Right now Dallas got to stop and Philadelphia did you a favor by spiking the ball on uh by spiking the ball on first down and trying to yep. save a timeout. Cost they, a down. they cost themselves a down. They absolutely did. So to me, I just worry about the chunk plays and, you know, are you going to get defensive holding? Are you going to get a pass interference? You know, they they they're doing their best to stabilize what's going on at left corner. I, I think it's nation Wright at left corner. I th- I don't I'm not putting Joseph back out there. I'm I'm going to ride with you know your really playoff existence is riding with a corner that's doing his very best. He just needs experience? The problem is the experience is coming in games that are going to be crucial. And that's the thing. Um, The pass rush, if the pass rush was consistently getting home, I would say that having Nation right out there is, it's an okay option, but teams have kind of figured out. We're going to double move you. You're not going to get your rush home and we're going to try and find ways to pick on you. And I, I, that's the chunk plays, the, the screens for 18 yards you know the the double move passes for 50 yards down the field like in the Philadelphia game you know those are the things that scare me about this this team going forward because i don't know how they lim- they going to limit the chunk plays unless they get things going again with their pass rush
0: what's the what's the best opportunity to fix the pass rush
1: uh, it's negative, it's, 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 neg- yeah, it's negative plays. It's, it's
0: negative. Yeah. It's negative plays. Here's one of the things that I think I, I was listening to G bag nation, uh, the other day and I heard, uh, you know, Eric Chiafalo ask you a similar sort of question where it's like, okay, but, but if they're doing something to combat your rush, what do you do to do to, you know, what are they giving yeah. up in that? And it's like, that's the tough thing is the thing they're doing to combat the rush is just get the ball out quicker. They're getting
1: the ball out quicker. And, yeah. and they're, yeah.
0: they're not giving up a ton there. I guess they're giving up, you know the development of being able to push the yeah. ball downfield but if they hit you with that short game long enough you do some then you're going to be able to eventually take advantage of some of the stuff downfield so what's the response to that is it just do do they need to consider more just aggressive blitzing
1: yeah they do the idea is to get home before you get the ball out or at least get in the throwing lanes and go up and try and deflect balls you know we saw what they did against the titans slot blitz, safety blitz, you know, I think they were definitely looking at some ideas for what they're going to need to go forward. That that game was a little bit of a tester game because you have a quarterback that hasn't played a long time in the system. And we'll probably see it this weekend against the commanders yeah. that, that with how at quarterback, you know, how quickly can he read blitzes? And so if you're Dan Quinn, you know, you could take this opportunity to look at slot blitz safety blitz, combination safety linebacker blitz. You know, you you could you could have a couple of those dialed up and have those ready for okay, this did well for us at the end of the season. Now we're going to see them in a playoff game. Um they when the Cowboys create negative plays, and I mean negative plays, getting penalties against the offense is a negative play. If uh, creating a holding call creating a motion call, creating something that puts the team, moves the team back. When the Cowboys get you like in second and 16, third and 15, third and 14, third like that, that pass rush could get home. That I mean, it's tough, you know, because there's, the, it takes away a lot of the options. So Maybe the screens run, but the ball's got to go down the field. And so when you, when the ball has to go down the field, you can't throw it as quickly. So, that's kind of where they're at right now. For the longer they make teams have to go to travel to get the first, that puts the ball in the quarterback's hands longer, and because those routes don't develop quickly, especially when they're downfield.
0: Uh, obviously, you are giving up, you know, some some gap integrity when you're running a lot of twists and stuff like that. But that was the way that they were getting home, and something that they lost. So, you generally, in order to have you know, one thing or, or, approach things one way, you're going to lose something or, or you're going to be a little more vulnerable in one thing. So recognizing that this would be a vulnerability uh, we haven't seen a lot of this from Dan Quinn, but is there an argument to be made or, or would you at least test out this weekend uh, in preparation to see if this helps? Would you test out more zero, like cover zero press and just, uh, or do you just not trust your corners enough to be without that safety help and press?
1: Yeah, you could probably do it against Howell again this week, and he probably hasn't seen a whole heck of a lot of that. Uh, but yeah, you could test it. Uh, Your this quarterback uh, can run a little bit. He could scramble. He's got the RPO game. Uh, they did it at North Carolina. I would I would test because you're likely going to play Tampa, whose quarterback doesn't run at all.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: so you could test some zero blitz stuff. And see how it looks covering the commander. Commander's got three receivers and a tight end that can actually catch. They've got some, they've got some good players. So to me, I I kind of feel like though that if you could cover up and go zero blitz, that, that could help you in the long run. Now, again, you're you're not gonna play a running quarterback with Tom Brady. There there are plenty of times you can look at some film this year, and I've seen enough of Tampa's games. Cincinnati was a great example of bringing pressure on him in that game, and he couldn't handle. They couldn't handle the pressure. They couldn't get the ball out fast enough. Yeah. you know they had a lot of turnovers in that game too. So I, I, at least round one, you're not playing against probably a threat at running quarterback. You know, well if it's Rodgers, then I retract everything I just said <laughs> because he is going to be able to run with the football. But Tom Brady, Tom Brady's not going to run with the football.
0: When you look at so, you know, we, we're obviously putting a lot of concern on on the defense specifically here right now. Where are some areas? Jeez, Brian, uh, where are some areas of the uh, the offense that concern you that you think could impact them and being a one and done? Is it is it more than just the turnovers, or is that just the thing you got to worry about? Is the turnovers?
1: Yeah. By the way, bless you on the sneeze. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the turnovers are the biggest concern. I think that they're really doing a great job on third down conversions. They, you know, they they haven't run the ball particularly well the last two weeks and they put themselves behind the chains and they've been able to convert third downs, which I think is pretty impressive in itself. If you eliminated Dak Prescott's interceptions, we would be talking about Dak Prescott having a remarkable year at quarterback. We'd be talking about him as like, my gosh, there's nobody in the league. I mean, we, we, we've we talked about – well, we don't talk about Trevor Lawrence. What happened when Trevor Lawrence started to eliminate the, the interceptions that he had earlier in the year?
0: Jacksonville he started winning in their division.
1: <laughs> Jacksonville started winning games and the possibility of winning their division. Absolutely. See, that's – and then we talk about, wow, look, what a, an incredible second half of the season for Trevor Lawrence. We could be saying the same thing about Dak Prescott. The things that ner- make me the nervous the most, two things the turnovers from Dak or the offense in general, and then the continuity at right tackle and right guard in the running game. Those are concerns for me because I don't feel it's very clean right now. They're going to have to find a way to run the football better and more consistently, and they're going to have to block the fronts better that they're about to play. But I need to see better continuity between the right tackle and the right guard those two hall of fame players over there.
0: When you look at one of my concerns as we head into the playoffs is some of the stubbornness. And I know we've talked about it a little bit, but some some of the stubbornness on the and the ineffectiveness of the early down runs. Yeah. And then they've been good at throwing the ball on third down, but you're putting your, your team in some bad positions. Yeah. Um,
1: but they're picking them up, which is fascinating.
0: Yes. Which is, which is great. I just, yeah. I, I, you, you obviously just don't want to, you know, necessarily yeah. bank on that continuing for forever. Um, do you do you have trust in Kellen Moore to put them in in more favorable positions early on and downs? No, <laughs> just that easy. No, is that a concern then for a one and done? If you're putting your team sure. in, in playoff games sure. in third and seven consistently,
1: yeah, you're going to play teams that are probably better on third down defense. You know that's 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 a fact. You know, I mean, you're in the playoffs probably because your defense has done a pretty good job during the year. Whether you're a third down defense, red zone defense, create turnover defense, whatever you are, yeah, is it are the Cowboys getting away with it right now? There's two things they're getting away up with. They're getting away with Dax interceptions and the, or the teams interceptions.
0: And Some turnovers. of them are definitely Dax, yeah.
1: Yeah, the teams the teams turnovers, they're they're getting away with that, and they're getting away with getting put in bad down and distance situations and converting third downs. And you wonder if that's sustainable throughout uh through the playoffs. Yeah, we'll see. If they if they keep not being able to run the football, then yeah, you know, but you asked me the question about Kellen Moore. I think Kellen Moore is going to be committed to running the football because I believe the head coach wants to try and run the ball, whether that's for one yards, two yards, or three yards, at least right now, they're they're more interested in trying to make it, you know, uh they're they're sure everybody wants it second and one or two, but they're the reality of life for them right now, it's second and eight a lot of time, or it's second and nine, you know? But they yeah. played against two teams back to back that didn't want you to run the football. And this team you're about to play this weekend with the commanders, they're not gonna want you to run the football either.
0: You're listening to the love of the star podcast. The love of the star is an odyssey podcast. You can find it on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, it is now time for our favorite part of the show. It is the listener mailbag. Before we get into that though, one more time, I need to tell you guys about our wonderful partner here at love of the star boomer jacks. And I keep telling you guys about Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Those are important days. Tuesdays are half price bone in wings. Wednesdays are half price boneless wings. So whatever your fancy is on the wing front, boomer jacks has a deal for you. But if you're not a wing person at all, they still have great deals for you other days of the week. They've got $3 drink specials, $15 buckets of beer, wall-to-wall TVs, live music. Whatever atmosphere you're looking for, Boomer Jacks has the environment for you. If you're just looking for a place to have dinner with the family, a nice aesthetic, everything else, Boomer Jacks is a spot. If you're looking for a great happy hour location for you and the coworkers to have some drinks, Boomer Jacks is the spot. If you're just looking for a place to go watch the game, follow your fantasy team, you know, watch the game with a buddy, have a fun rivalry, whatever else... Boomer Jacks is the spot, and there are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, it is now time for our favorite segment of the show where we'll we turn things over to our dear listeners for the Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. Uh, first question here from Mark I know we're shorthanded on defense due to injury, uh, but is this a big concern heading into the playoffs next week that the defense has been hit and miss? at times. Uh, yeah, I think it's absolutely a concern. Now, now, like you mentioned, been shorthanded. You are getting back two huge pieces there. I, I, for all the crap Leighton Van Der Esch got from this fan base for a lot of this year, I, I think there's a lot of the begging for him to return at this point um, because I think you see how much, as you mentioned yesterday, how much he covers over some of the sins of others and, and, and gets you a better understanding of what it is that he does um, but, yeah, you're going to get a big boost with Hankins and Van Der coming back and alleviate some of that. But, yeah, absolutely. The the hit-and-miss nature of the defense is a concern.
1: Yeah, it is. And, you you know, Anthony Brown is another one we all like to beat up on. Uh, but I'll tell you where Van Der also helps you. He lines up Damone Clark. You know? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, it's kind of very similar. I said it in the podcast the other day. Uh, and congratulations to Darren Woodson who is a, a finalist for the Hall of Fame this year. God, I hope he gets in. Long overdue. Uh, long overdue. But Darren Woodson lined up Roy Williams for a lot of Roy Williams. Roy Williams will admit it. Roy Williams didn't know what the hell he was doing. Was Darren Woodson lining him up, telling him where to go, what to do, and all that. I think Leighton Vanderush was the one guy that was kind of helping Clark along here. Now, Clark needs to learn, and Clark's picking up some stuff. But, man, I we, and I talk, I won't go into that again. But yeah, the the concern, the concerns on defense, sure. Absolutely. But you're getting back, you know, it's so funny. Uh, this team is like a full yard difference in run defense with Hankins on the field. And I wonder the same thing with Van Der Esch being on the field. A lot of those those guys were on the field together a lot, you know, when that was going on. So I I I'm gonna say that, you know, as a fan base, you got to be careful of what you wish for sometimes.
0: Next question here from Garrett and Brian. Uh, I don't know if you have a pen or whatever, but you may want to get these playoff scenarios ready. I'll repeat them back to you if you need. But he said, if you had to choose a playoff run, which do you choose? You choose A, which is on the road against Tampa, on the road against San Francisco, and then on the road against Philadelphia in the, the NFC Championship. So that's obviously them as the fifth seed. Or do you pick B, which this scenario would be them being the second seed, uh, which would be at home against Green Bay, at home against Philly, on the road against San Francisco.
1: Okay. Uh, cause so you see, don't, the,
0: the differences here are it, it's
1: both, it, they're both, they're both difficult. They're both, Green, difficult
0: you're Tampa, basically, do you want Green Bay at home or Tampa on the road? You mm-hmm. get Philly at home in B instead of on the road, yeah. and you still play San Francisco on the road, but you delay it till the NFC title.
1: Yeah. I, I think that, I think you're going to, um, me personally i'll take i'll take the home game to start the tournament i'll take the home i'll take the home you know you find a way to beat green bay that's a huge confidence booster right there then you turn around and you know you got to deal with what san francisco
0: you know yeah, with, on the road san francisco on the road philly on the road
1: yeah give me give me give me that one i'll take the scenario too because i I, I always want a home game in the playoffs. I, I'm sorry. I know that. I know there's teams. The Giants. I know the Giants. One year, 2007. I mean, we've seen teams win. Look what San Francisco did. Look what San Francisco had to do last year.
0: San Francisco this, was this close to getting to the the Super Bowl if not for a yeah. dropped interception by dropped Tart.
1: Dropped it, Tart, If Tart doesn't drop that ball, they're in the Super Bowl. So yeah, I give me the give me the second scenario where I have a home game.
0: Yeah, how much does your confidence level just personally jump for the Cowboys? We you you were you were fond of, of giving us your percentages on the Odell Beckham watch. So I'm going to ask for your percentage here. What is your make? By the way, score?
1: by the way, you were right about that because you were at five percent for a lot of that. I went from I went from seventy five or sixty to seventy five to twenty five <laughs> to zero. You threw out and I give you a lot of credit for this. You're like, I don't ever see this happening. I don't see this happening.
0: (laughs) I just learned not to trust. Forcing was so tough on
1: it. (laughs) Well, once, once we heard what the medical prognosis was, then we all should have put zero on it. And, and you, and you did. And I give you credit for that. Uh,
0: I appreciate that. But the, 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 question for you on the percentages of the, the Super Bowl run, how much, Does your what is your percentage chance that the Cowboys make the Super Bowl if they're the five seed? So they got to play probably on the road the whole way. Yeah. Versus if they're the one seed. So they're at home and they get a buy. How how much does your percentage chance change between those? Uh,
1: uh, You're saying if they're the number one seed?
0: Yeah, so they get a buy.
1: Your percentage is a lot higher because you have to play one less game.
0: Would you you say would you would you say it's better than 50% that you'd feel better than 50% that the Cowboys make the Super Bowl if they get the number one seed?
1: Well, yeah, and I thought in 2016 they had a good shot at it too. All you had to do was beat Green Bay and Atlanta, and you were in the Super Bowl. You know, that wasn't like you had to go through Murderer's Row or anything. Like, well, end up the Packers, you know, are what they are. Mm-hmm. But, but to me, uh, yeah, if you get a bye and you you get to, you know, you have to play one less game, your chances are going to be much better. the the road the 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 road through the wild card. I'll say this, it, it, it if you're a battle tested team, that's why these teams that are fighting to get into the playoffs, like the San Francisco's last year, the green Bay's this year, the Detroit's this year, you know, Jacksonville, you know, Jacksonville has played Jacksonville has played a playoff game every week since Thanksgiving, every week, they played a playoff game since mm. Thanksgiving. Yeah. And, and so now they win this weekend, they get a home game. And, you know, okay, you're playing the five seed, you know, in that game, but you get a home game, you win that, you're you're battle tested. You know, I I think there's I think there's a lot to that. I think there's a lot that the struggle is real for a lot of teams, and it really, really, yeah, we all, you know, we all look at the Green Bay game and the Cowboys go up there and lose. And then what happens the following Thursday, Green Bay just gets smashed by the Titans. And you're like, well, there goes Green Bay. Back to being Green Bay. They're done. They're done. Well, look at him now. That's a team you don't want to play. But, you know, that's the playoffs.
0: Next question here from Jake. Ryan, uh, as as somebody who uh, I know we talked a little bit about the Commanders yesterday, this is a game coming up, obviously, that, that means a little to them. But factoring in Sam Howell and the offensive line that Washington has over under three and a half sacks against Washington this weekend we go under under why is that you think they're going to get the ball out quickly I, I don't think yeah Howell's elusiveness how's it how's not, not got uh, when I watched Howell on tape in North Carolina I didn't think he had terrible pocket presence and I mean not he's at he's all athletic, no so.
1: no he will run he is one of the toughest quarterbacks I evaluated in that draft I love the player. I, they, my guys on the G Bag Nation were giving me crap about Brock Purdy uh, five weeks ago, and I'm like, I'm telling you, Brock Purdy can play. Uh, I might be getting the hang of this quarterback thing. I think they stole Howell in the fifth round myself. You, we we uh, I've heard stories out at the at the star that they like Dallas liked him in the fourth round. They were considered drafting him, in it, but it didn't work out for him the way they wanted to to kind of get the guy. So to me, I. I I think that I don't think it's gonna be more than three and a half sacks. Could be way wrong about that. They're they've got some problems at at guard and at tackle at one of those uh, those spots, you know, with with what they've got going on with Turner and those guys. So to me, sure, you know, if they make mistakes, I see the ball getting out quick. I see the screen game for them throwing the ball to the wide receivers and also throwing the ball to Robinson, the back or Williams, you know, they, they've got a couple backs that can catch the football. So to me, I, I, I think there's going to be, unless they could get that kid to hold the ball and he doesn't want to make a mistake and you start just sacking him that way. Yeah. Well, if Carson Wentz was in there, I would go over. (laughs) Seriously. I would go, I would go over. I'd go over on the sacks because I, I, I just don't think Carson Wentz has very much awareness. I think this kid has awareness.
0: That does it for us here on the Love of the Star. We got the Cowboys and the Commanders this weekend, uh, and uh, after that, we will be looking ahead to a playoff matchup. It, it will look like either they are going to, either they're going to finish as the five seed, which is the most likely scenario, probably, which would mean heading to Tampa Bay. Uh, to take off. Does the on.
1: PR does the PR department feel that way? What's the PR department?
0: Think uh, I don't. I don't know about any of that. That uh, okay. you you may likely be heading over to uh, Tampa Bay and uh, <laughs> playing that game and uh, playing that one on the road. Or uh, if things fall uh, into place, you could be the two seed, the NFC's champs, or maybe even as much as the number one seed and getting that by. Uh, either way, we'll we'll have a lot for you guys coming up next week as we look ahead to the uh, the playoff run. Hopefully a long playoff run for the Dallas Cowboys. For Brian Bratis, I'm Bobby Belt. We will talk to you guys next week.